It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. On 882 6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, my guests in this episode uh, will go down as one of our great, most successful cricketers. He was a star in all formats of the game, but uh, particularly as time went on uh, in the shorter formats of cricket. And for a long time, he was the man who just simply refused to retire. Uh, I speak of George Bradley Hog, a.k.a. Hoggy. How are you? I haven't retired yet. <laughs> I just Come don't on. get a phone call here in Australia, but I'm still uh, playing over in Croatia. So, Croatia, <laughs> I'm playing for them this year. Croatia, eh? Yep, yep. So, I'm, I'm it's, really it's looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah, what's the standard of the Croatian league? Uh, <laughs> a little better now that <laughs> you're there? a bit of improvement. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, look, the, cricket's really improving over in Europe and we're trying to expand the game and uh, the ICC needs to do a lot more over there. But uh, you're looking at Germany, Holland, uh, they're really starting to make inroads. Don't be surprised if Germany have a team in probably the next five, six years uh, that will be doing something like Papua New Guinea playing in the World uh, T20 World Cup this year. For real? Yeah. No, no Germany are really upping the standards. Are they? Uh, yeah, no, there's people over there tr- really trying to make the inroads and it's looking good. I suppose, uh, you know, they're very keen on hockey there, aren't they? I mean, you know, yeah. mechanically, there's some crossover, I suppose, between hockey and cricket, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Got a stick, whack a ball. Yeah, well, mum made me play hockey uh, rather than football. And uh, the reason being, she knew that I wanted to play cricket for Australia. And uh, it was just the hand-eye coordination that hockey uh, gave you rather than football. And the other thing is it's not as physical uh, Mm. uh, on the the body. You're not getting those hard knocks. So uh, you're still physically demanding with going side to side with your legs. But uh, just that hand-eye coordination, it was just uh, sensational. Tell me about uh, growing up. Was it a sheep farm? Yeah, sheep farm. That you grew up on. What was life like? Uh, as a youngster? Uh, look, I, I look back, I was the only child there for 13 years. So uh, Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the the black and white TV screen broke down there uh, after 13 years. Um, <laughs> and uh, But uh, I, I grew up and uh, we we had a backyard and uh, an asbestos house there for a while. It's not an asbestos, but uh, like yeah, asbestos. Sort of fibro. Uh, fibro house, yep. yes. That's a better terminology. Thanks for that. You, <laughs> you study I hope, science. It hope it wasn't asbestos, <laughs> yeah. mate. Well, you study science. is just showing your uh, background there. Oh, yeah, all over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it had a red footpath out the back and um, and uh, domesticated green lawn with a rabbit-proof fence around it. And, yep. Uh, I used to put up a set of stumps and play my own uh, game of cricket out there from the age of two. Whenever I could yeah. walk, I had a bat and ball in my hand and uh, I'd, I'd just have the imaginary test matches and I'd be the captain just, of the team. Just, just with you? Yeah, just with me. Mum and Dad would uh, come and bowl to me uh, at certain stages, but I'd be out there all day. I'd underarm it to the fence. 
uh, chasing it as though I'm actually in the field. I'll be throwing against the brick wall, diving to my left and right, yep. practicing my fielding there. Uh, if mum and dad couldn't bo- uh, bowl to me, I'd throw it against the brick wall and uh, just this play shots This is sounding like, a, like yeah. a Don Bradman story. Yeah, and um, and then I'd just bowl. And uh, yeah. I'd, I'd have little placemats on the red foot path to sort of try and hit those targets. And if I hit a target, it would be four runs to the opposition. If I hit another target, it would be a dot ball. And, yeah, I was just going through all, all yeah. those scenarios. So I'd, I'd just make up little games out the back yeah. myself. Um and uh, the Shearers used to hate it when they came out to uh, our place because they work eight-hour eight days, uh, two hour, uh, four two-hour shifts. They have half an hour smoko in the morning break, yep. uh, hour of smoko for lunch, half an hour in the afternoon. And uh, <laughs> I'd be sitting there, right, when do they finish their cup of tea? I'd set up a little uh, little cricket game and make them bowl to me and uh, <laughs> I'd bowl to them as well. So they'd never get a rest and... Uh, I was speaking to someone from uh, Wildcatchum yesterday or two days ago uh, playing lawn bowls. And he said, oh, I remember you. We used to sit there uh, at Country Week Cricket. Oh, no, we've got Williams. Greg Hogg's in the team. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, when we bat, we you'd just sit in front of us and uh, throw – and just anyone who's not padded up, you'd throw the ball to them expecting the, uh, yeah. one of the players from the opposition team to keep throwing balls to you and you'd not stop. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, I was just – I was a pain in the neck, but uh, <laughs> it, it was worth it in the end. So thank you yeah. to all those people who threw me balls through country week cricket and uh, uh, allowed me to bowl to them yeah. as well when they were trying to have their break and the shearers out there as well. So – it was uh, it, it was a great upbringing. Yeah. And actually, going back to the shearing shed, I think I was about fifteen, and um, I, I won't mention his name because I I I don't want to share the story without his approval uh, mm. with the name. But uh, I went to school with his friend. His friend married a uh, married another uh, girl from down Williams Way um, that we're very close to, mm. and uh, but his brother was a little older. And uh, he was doing the rouse about him at that stage, just starting to become a shearer. And uh, I was a little bit slack in the shearing shed there. I, meant to be pu- <laughs> I was meant to be pulling my weight. And he pulled me aside and he said, you're useless. If you don't pull your, so- uh, pull, uh, pull your socks up, you might as well go back up, uh, up to your house. Um, you know, you're slack as anything, but don't be like me. You make sure you go out and achieve that dream of uh, becoming a cricketer. D- go and make something mm. of yourself. Because you're rubbish at shearing shirt. <laughs> yeah, you're rubbish at shearing shirt. But he pulled me aside and yeah. g- gave me a serve. And I still remember that. And I'm just yeah. going, right, well, this is someone that's three years older than me. And I looked up at him at school. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's one of those bigger kids. And yeah, uh, he's given me that information. So I, I, I just trained and trained and trained after yeah. that particular scenario. And yeah. there's, a, there's another story involving Jeff Marsh, but yeah. stick to it with the juniors out there. We could, we could mm. veer off on all sorts of tangents here. Yeah. Um, you spent some of your high school at, at Aquinas College. What, what was that like in, in terms of transitioning from a, a pretty small community like I, Williams? Yeah, look, I, into I the loved it. Right of a competitive yeah. private school. Yeah, I got homesick in year 10. That was probably the only time I got homesick. Um, I, I found it good. It got me out of my comfort zone because I was the only child on, on the family farm and I was mm. very insecure. I was very shy. I found it very difficult to talk to people. 
which is a surprise to a lot of people. Mm. Um, the insecurity. You've overcome that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it, it it lived with me. It, it wasn't till really I, I um, Cheryl, uh, who's my second wife, who uh, I met after my divorce, after retiring the first time from cricket, where the shyness really uh, got away. She encouraged me to do what I love. So yeah. I was I was just uh, so I was a person that was sort of. Uh, Locked up in a yeah, in a jail cell within myself that yeah. wasn't really being my true self mm. uh, because I was just brought up right. You know, you've got to think about what other people think of you and that. And I was always worried about that feeling mm. that I was uh, walking on uh, eggshells. But out of Qantas College, uh, six mm. PR morning program, Millsy. He was my first school coach. Yeah, is that uh, right? Qantas, yes. Yeah, the woodwork teacher. Uh, we had Hogg and Lawson <laughs> open the bowling for the eight A's. Um, yeah. So open yeah. the bowling. Open the bowling. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you you really took to spin bowling later. What were you bowling at that point? Uh, I was bowling medium paces. So, yeah, uh, yeah, went, yeah. So d- during during Aquinas, it was really good in a sense that it was getting me out of my shell. I, I never, I got on really well with everyone. But, yeah, uh, I, you know, close friends. I didn't really. Mm. I was just jumping from yeah uh, group to group types. But that's yeah. my personality as well. Yeah, I. I um, you know, I'll sit there, I'll be enjoying everyone's company, but then I'll move on to someone else's company yeah. um, because, I don't know, I'm just, I'm seeing something different over there that I want to go, to. it's not that I don't like these people, it's just mm. that, uh, mm. y- you know, I've spent a bit of time with you, now I'm moving over here for now some, I'm gonna uh, go and spend a new some bit time of excitement. So yeah. that, that, but that's my character, I, I'm a bit jumpy and probably it will be like this in the interview as well, <laughs> jump from story to I've, story. I've been warned. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Well, I warned you beforehand. You did, yeah. But yeah. I, I and think, here we are. Um, yeah, we'll probably. Get, uh, yeah, but that's probably where all the issues throughout my later life uh, came into because yeah. of that unsurety and uh, yeah. insecurity, and all of a sudden you you feel like um, you you've got to act in a certain way of how people perceive you rather yeah. than be your true self. And yeah. uh, once you just let that go and uh, just be your true self, life is so much easier. Mm. Uh, we need to head to a uh, break. Brad Hogg is our special guest. This is Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. My special guest is a master of the wrong one and the flipper. I don't know whether it's many an inspiring other things. story. <laughs> You've got a book called The Wrong One, yes. which we'll get to in a bit. Yep. Just before we leave your school days, though, and just thinking about uh, the, some of the famous company uh, you kept back in those days, um, you know, as a, a student of Aquinas College, there was someone else around your era uh, who also did, did all right uh, yeah. on the cricketing stage as well, none other than... Justin Langer. Did yeah, we you, had Justin Langer. There's, a, him there's, much? there's another name that I mentioned before we get into that story is Brendan Crumble as well. Oh, yeah? From Hawthorne, the guy that uh, got cleaned up by Byron Pickett. Now, yeah. he was playing third uh, 18 in football uh, in year 11. And he was playing thirds? He was playing thirds and then uh, we uh, he went up to seconds and then uh, first 18. Yeah. But he always had that drive. So that's that, that's a very inspiring story, that one. Yeah. Um, a bit like, Nat, well, Nat Fife was in the fourths. 
at one point. <laughs> well, they yeah. didn't have a force when I was there out of corner, so he must have been struggling. <laughs> he, he must have fallen off the back of one of those uh, stock trucks that he's got up there with his father's Possibly. driving. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, see, those two are inspiring stories. But um, Justin Langer came to the school uh, when I was in year nine. He mm-hmm. came, I think it was year 10 he came. Yep. Uh, so he's, he's a year older than you. Yeah, he might have just come for the last two years, but he's uh, three months older than me. So yep. I was born in February. He's uh, born in October. So, uh, well, my yep. maths isn't right there, is it? Uh, Close see, enough. That's man. why I'm not doing accounting. So <laughs> <laughs> calculators are for. <laughs> yeah, calculators are for that. But um, yeah, so he was captain in my last year, and I was bowling the medium paces, and uh, we we're playing against Christchurch one day, and I was uh, giving the big stare. I was. Uh, I was still just above the stumps. I didn't grow mm. till uh, late in year 12. Mm. And uh, Justin was keeping and he came up. You better not give him the stare. He's pretty tough on the footy field. And I said, I don't play football, mate. I play hockey. <laughs> oh, you'll get you somewhere. Don't worry about that. But um, it was the last game of his uh, tenor out of Aquinas College in yep. Darlow Cup. So we played Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Yep. I'm opening the boat, batting with the head prefect of my year, Portini. We've had a tough run, Paul and I. You know, we very, very rarely put a partnership of fifty together. Yeah. But this particular day against Trinity, your old school. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, you guys were useless. Uh, <laughs> we had our time, mate. <laughs> we had our time. But uh, we're batting away. We get through Friday afternoon, and then through Saturday afternoon, I think we get another two or three hours to bat, and uh, we continue batting on. And we got we we had a record for the opening partnership. It just didn't look like getting out. Then eventually I got out and uh, walking off Justin Langer. <laughs> He's walked past me. He was fuming. Everyone's standing up giving me a standing ovation for the big hundred. <laughs> First hundred for Aquinas College, <laughs> and uh, he's just given me an absolute serve. You selfish bugger! It's my last game, and you could have got out a lot earlier. So I've got a bit more time to try and get a hundred <laughs> in the last inning. And um, yeah, but uh, he got me back a couple of years later, didn't he? With the Perth Scorchers, he did. <laughs> yep, you're so going to the Renegades, mate. Hog one, retiring. Langer yep. one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, but those those things are exciting, and uh, Justin and I are very close. Um, yeah, through throughout that. Uh, yeah, you would have period, spent a lot so. of time together. Yeah, yeah. Post school, wouldn't you? Yeah, but the thing there was, uh, if if you look back, the Langers were really good in the sense that um, they invited us around to the house, the the whole team. Yep. And uh, you know, you, you don't really think of that out of private school where a family will invite the whole team around there just to you know get a little bit of um, teams or game yeah. uh, team. Unity yeah. together, yeah. Um, so that 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 was really good lesson that uh, the Langers taught us back then. Yeah. And by God, his mum was tough as nails. And oh right. Uh, yeah. D- just going through the fight that she went through. Yep. Um, you just saw where Justin got it from, and that, mm. that's why he's so successful. So just, good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Just that determination, that grit, mm. and nothing's going to knock you down. I'm just going to yep. keep fighting to the end. Yep. And uh, you know that rubbed off on me as well. So thanks yeah. to the Langers for that. Yeah. Um, tell me about uh, post school then. Uh, post school, <laughs> the uniform's done. You've hung it up in the cupboard. Yeah, the uniform, uniform's done. <laughs> post. So I uh, sort of went back to the farm and I was travelling up playing yep. grey cricket for Fremantle. Yep. Um, they got me up here as an opening bowler uh, that could bat in the middle order. Then I ended up opening the batting in A grade. Uh, I think it was my second game. Uh, I got a hundred. 
Yeah. We were playing a guy, we were playing Wanneroo, and there was a West Indian there vibe at Green. Mm-hmm. And we got them out uh, the first weekend, uh, Saturday, and we're playing out Fremantle, and there's some pine trees, and we've got to go out and face uh, six overs. And I remember Englishman Cookie, uh, we used to call him Cookie, uh, opening the batting with him and Vibra Green's coming in. Like, You're just wearing the templates uh, yeah. in the helmets there. Yeah. And uh, he just bowls the first ball. It was rapid. I've never faced anything that quick before. And I was thinking, hmm, cricket's probably not the, uh, <laughs> not the game for spicy. me. And then uh, second over, he's bowled me a bouncer. And uh, I haven't ducked or weaved, and I've just turned, and I've got a big nose, and it's just clipped the nose as it's gone through. It hasn't broken or anything, but just got a little bit of skin. I'm going... Oh, I'm not going to enjoy next week. I'm definitely not going to enjoy next week. I'm going week. back to the farm. <laughs> yeah. But got through next week, got 100 and uh, moved on. Yeah. And I think um, going back to my childhood, actually, um, sorry about this. No. I told you I'd jump around because it, it brings up a story. Chronological order is boring, mate. Let's yeah, just yeah. choose your own adventure our way through this. Exactly right. It's, <laughs> it's our own journey, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, listeners, but it's a, it's a little journey here. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you want to keep that equilibrium going, but uh, that, that was my cricket career. I, I just had exactly. so many troughs and so yeah. many peaks. There was nothing in between. Uh, but um, I, I, my dad was my hero. Yeah, uh, he he was the king of cricket around uh, the Williams Association, and Ron Bow told me, uh, state selector, uh, that you know he should have come up to Perth and uh, pursued it because he, he had a big opportunity of definitely playing state, if not yep. anything more. They just couldn't get him out. Yeah, and uh, but at the age of twelve, the Williams Association set up a rule that um, I and a couple of other youngsters could go and play for any team that was short on a on a weekend because. You know, we're only a small uh, country region. So I'd sit there on a phone every Friday night waiting for a phone call. When's it going to ring? When's it going to ring? Everyone knew that I wanted to play for Australia. And, uh, you know, other other blokes would clip me under the ear if I was out of line or anything like that. They'd, yeah. they'd just all helping me trying to get there. So they set this rule up. Every Friday night I'd be sitting there, phone hasn't rung, phone hasn't rung. And I'd be distraught. And then eventually, it was about oh, three weeks before Christmas, the phone rings. And it's David Kane, the captain of Tarwonga. And uh, that's our team. Blue yeah. Cap, beautiful. And uh, he rings. And I said, uh, Mr. Kane, Mr. Kane, yes, you short? Yes, I need to speak to your dad. And I said, I'm playing, aren't I? And he goes, uh, I need to speak to your dad. <laughs> dad, David's on the phone. I'm playing with you on the weekend, you beauty. So uh, that was on the Friday night. So um, got the big call up next morning. I bet you didn't sleep that Friday night. No, did you? I didn't. No. The next morning, I'm up early. I'm helping Dad do all the chores around the farm, feeding the sheep, and uh, yeah. all that. And um, it gets to about eleven uh, forty-five, uh, and we're having a quick lunch. And while Dad's having his lunch, I just hoe it down, and I'm putting my bag up on the back of the ute next to his, and I'm sitting there proud as punch. Then I jump in the ute, and uh, I'm small as anything. So I couldn't yeah. see over the dashboard, and uh, I'm sitting there and. He starts the engine up, and I'm looking at him, playing with my hero. I mean, I'm in my whites already, and uh, but I was wearing shorts back then, no oh, long yeah. pants, and uh, the, the sort of long socks that just go yeah. above the ankles with blue stripes for Tahonga. And yeah. uh, I'm sitting up there, we're driving away, and I'm trying to extend my neck like a giraffe just to look over the dashboard. And then halfway through, I say, "Dad, Dad, this Lindsay Names, this Lindsay Names, he's a quick bowler." Yeah, yeah, no, he'll be good, he'll be good, yeah. Ah, the sherries, the sherries, we're going through the time. How am I going to bowl to the sherries? Uh, look, young fella, you might not get a bowl. Yeah, but if I bowl, if I bowl, what, what's the plan to these sherry boys, you know? 
And by the time he was worn out, by the time we got there, so we pulled up, and uh, there's gum trees on the sidelines, and a couple of boys are there already. They got a little bit of a portable table out, and they've got yeah. the fold chairs there. There's a bit of an esky there, and uh, we sit down, win the toss, and we're batting first. And I look down the batting order, and I'm batting. Uh, I think it was nine or eight. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. Uh, so it's a double weekend game. It's first Saturday, so we get to tea, and there's about four wickets left, uh, four wickets down. I go. Only another two wickets before I'm out there. Mm. And then after two rapid fire, two quick wickets, you beauty. <laughs> there I am. I'm steaming out of the middle. And uh, I take guard. Yep, centre. And uh, then I look around. And my head's just above the stump. So I was, I was yeah. only a tiny tacker. And uh, I had my cousin there, uh, Duncan Gilbert. He's uh, mm. out cover. Get into this little, you know, such and such. Runt. Yeah, yeah, runt. They're very good. (laughs) Don't give him anything, this little hog boy, you know. And uh, Lindsay Neem's bowling. He's the quickest bowler in the uh, competition. First ball. Straight past my nostrils. And I turned around to my two uncles and my dad who were sitting on the sideline. And I was sort of, you know, the rest of the teammates. And... uh, you want to uh, play test cricket for Australia, you better get behind the next one, mate. Otherwise, go home and, uh, you know, you can spend time with your mother. I was going to use other terms. There was other terms that were used there. Everyone can use their imagination. So I was, I was sitting there, right, yeah, great support. Yeah, and, uh, thank you. So next ball, Lindsay Neens comes in, back and across, push it out to cover, and I was on my way to playing for Australia uh, yeah. from that particular moment. But uh, I found out a bit later that uh, Dad had told him. Don't be easy on him. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's he's got to work it out very exactly. quickly. I suppose one of the reasons you are able to play, you know, for for so long, and, you know, it's been said many times that you were ferocious at training. You particularly, yeah. you, Mike Hussey, Justin Langer, were generally the three hardest at it. Yeah, well, uh, um, look, how much time have we got with this break? Oh, as long as you need, mate. Yeah, no. Uh, I, was, I was speaking to uh, someone the other day, um, Jock Campbell, uh, who was our Australian fitness um, consultant back then. But well, before that, I just run and run and run. Yeah, uh, I spent a week on. You just, you've got too yeah. much energy, mate. Oh, it's not that. I, I, when I was fifteen, I was. Uh, I got a phone call from Jeff Marsh. Uh, yeah. Third term school holidays uh, from boarding school. He invited me to the farm where, uh, you know, I'd rock up and we'd do a bit of sheep work during the day. Then I'd feed in the bull machine for an hour and a half in the afternoon and he would give me yeah. about 10 minutes back. And, uh, but then we'd go for a run. And he taught me what it took to be an international cricketer back then. I'm, I'm fired up, mate. I'm taking notes. I'm inspired. Let's All take right. a break, though. Take more, a break. More with Brad Hogg in just a moment. This is Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to WA's Inspiring Stories. Everyone has a story to tell. This one is brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Uh, The... uh, Meandering story so far of Brad Hogg. <laughs> Mate, we're running. We're, we're halfway over halfway through. We haven't even got to the point where you're officially a spin bowler and you're playing in winning World Cup teams or any of that. Tell me quickly, 
how you transition from being a medium pacer to a spin bowler because you you are still in the record books as uh, the second most successful spin bowler in Australia in the short form of the game in terms of wickets taken. And yet you weren't a spin bowler until pretty late in life. Yeah, uh, I played my first shield game as a batsman and on that tour we were going to uh, New South Wales yep. and we were in the nets the night before or the day before and uh, I was bowling to Jeff Marsh, bowled him a little bouncer. There was a little ridge on the pitch as well <laughs> and uh, the the manager, team manager, the late Tony Mann came up and, um, yeah, sorry, old Tony, <coughs> he probably changed my career actually, he did. And... Um, he said, "If you if you want an extended period in your uh, in your cricketing career, you probably better look after your captain a little better than that." Um, <laughs> yeah, he came up and said, "What about you bowl these left arm Chinamans, left arm leggies?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, how do you do that? What do you want me to do that?" And he said, oh, "Well, you know, <laughs> you're playing tomorrow against uh, Freddie Freeman. He's a left arm Chinaman, so you should have done your Watch research before you went out and batted." <laughs> And uh, I said, well, <laughs> I've never seen a left arm trying to be before. So, all right, let's go through it. And he said, you flick it like this. Okay, so I sent down a couple of leggies. They all landed. And then Damien Martin came in and uh, still bowling the leggies. And he said, bowl a couple of wrongers. I said, what are you talking about here? How do you bowl these wrongers? So he flicked a couple out to me and uh, I bowled two to Damien Martin, beat the outside edge. They landed on the spot. He said, you better stick with that. So um, over that whole winter, I just bowled and bowled and bowled. And uh, it wasn't too long after that. So that was 94. Yeah. Uh, that was the 93-94 season. So 94, um, I play, first played for uh, WI in that year. Then 94-95, I played a, cu- uh, played a couple of games where they allowed me to bowl a couple of balls. And yep. uh, then 96, I went for a tour over to Australia as a, mm. uh, a backup to Shane Warne. But... Uh, I, I wasn't really meant to play over there. I was just meant to uh, go with Shane Warne because they thought that I had a bit of talent and, mm. um, you know, I could learn. So Did you learn much from Warney? No, because he didn't rock up. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bit of an injury, so they got yeah. McIntyre over there to uh, back him up. But I ended up playing in the first test match and um, came around the wicket to Ganguly and Mark Taylor's come up and said, uh, what are you going around the wicket for? Oh, something different. <laughs> and he goes... Well, what's your plan? Oh, just put it on a good spot and get See what happens. On. He goes, yeah, but you filled. How are you going to get him out? I said, mate, I've only just started bowling this <laughs> stuff. I've got no idea what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> and uh, full credit to Mark Taylor. He kept calm. All right, well, let's do this. You know, We'll put the uh, the short 45 <laughs> into a leg slip and uh, we'll put the uh, the deep um, square leg around a bit and try and get Gangaloo to sweep forward rather than uh, sweep behind, which is the easier shot. And... Hopefully the extra bounce that you get because of the overspin. All oh, right, I'll get extra bounce. Yeah. Everyone else, yep, thanks, Mark. Uh, we'll get the top edge. All right, no drama. First ball, six over mid-on. <laughs> <laughs> Working well here, Mark. Uh, what do you reckon? I oh, just stick with it. See how it goes. Yep, no drama. We've got the plan in place. All right, you've He's, got him swinging. Yeah. Good. Next ball, top edge, uh, caught first slip. So. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I always say, look, it was caught. My first wicket was Ganguly caught first slip, you know, turning away from the yeah. bat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the picture shows Mark Worth uh, running from first slip for about 20 metres yeah. trying to catch a <laughs> deep fine leg. But anyway, That's it's caught the first slip. History book show, yeah. mate. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but going in and out of a out of a side. I mean, what sort of a toll does that take on you mentally when you you're in there and then you're out? You're trying to get back in and then you you know then you you dropped again. As a as a young player, you know, just trying to solidify your place. What's that like? Oh, look, uh, I. It was tough, but mm. I'll, I'll go back to the state setup uh, where I really learned a big lesson. So in '96, I went away. So I played six or seven one days for Australia, yeah. uh, the Test match, and I came back and I was thought I was king. Mm. Yeah, I won't use that term, but you know, you know what I'm, mm. where I'm going. And there were seven sponsored cars in that uh, car park, and I walked in there to Tony Mann again. It was the manager expecting a set of keys, wasn't. Mm. And I got dropped uh, probably about a year and a half later. Yeah, uh, I just became very uh, self-centred in that environment, uh, focused on playing for Australia rather than what I could do for the team. Uh, and it, it was well away from my values because I was brought up down in the country, Williams, mm. that uh, you play for the team. Like I, I dropped mm. myself down the order for my junior teams in Williams to give the other guys a go so they mm. keep their interest up. Uh, mm. And I was taught to do that. So it was always do what the team needs of you before your your uh, your career. And I just went through a period there where, oh, I've got the golden egg. I've got the mm. baggy green cap. I, I, I need it more. I need it more. And that defined me in a sense. Like and a drug. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. And, uh, yeah, so I got dropped. And Justin Langer, probably three months into that period where I was out of the state team, pinned me up against the wall uh, after one training session and said, mate, Pull your head in because you're going to lose your uh, you lose your uh, yeah. career here with the state, let alone playing for Australia. Just remember that you've played for Australia. Yeah. Walk in here as though you've played for Australia. You're an Australian cricketer, but you've got to be uh, get back to being that team man. Yeah. Go and look yourself in the mirror. So mm. I went back home, looked at myself in the mirror, asked a few questions, went for a run. And uh, halfway through that run, like I'd run 10, 15 Ks mm. every second night uh, during my career. And uh, I sat on a park bench. And I was in tears just going, you idiot, you absolute idiot. How could you let this uh, mm. this go? And um, it, it it all comes back. We've all got an ego. It's about controlling mm. that ego and, mm. uh, and, and uh, putting it in a place where it's useful mm. and it's going to be productive rather mm. than um, unproductive. And that, that was probably the biggest lesson. And that yep. taught me, uh, look, you've got to be a team man. So going to the 2003 World Cup. Yeah. We went for a tour to South Africa uh, beforehand, the Australia A team, and Nathan Horace was in that team. And then we had uh, two warm-up games. Uh, England had two warm-up games against Australia A in the one days. There was one in Sydney and one in Queensland. And uh, the selectors go, right, uh, Hoggy, you're going to play the first game. Horace, you're going to play the second game. I thought, right, okay. Play the first game. Did okay. And uh, Horry was really annoyed. Because yeah. he'd been in the Australian squad for a while. And I, I was just sort of watching his demeanour. Uh, it, it's nothing against Torrey because I would have felt the same if I was him. Uh, but when I got up to Queensland, I knew I was going to be 12th man. I said, mm. I'm going to be the best 12th man I possibly can. Mm. And like out the break, I had all their lunches ready and you know <laughs> everything. I just I'd, I'd be running drinks out. Yeah. If there was a wicket, I'd just run drinks out. I'd, you know, it, it might look, Ridiculous on the sideline, but it was just trying to help my teammates from sitting on the sideline, yeah. uh, and that got me over the line to get get that opportunity to go to the two thousand and three World Cup. Yeah. Uh, 
over Nathan Horrocks. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't. So, we were both similar skill. I was probably a better bat and fielder than him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on a bowling front, he was probably a little better than me in that one day format. But it was just mm. that little that little one uh, percenter mm. that got me over the line. Yeah. And uh, I, I found that out a lot later from John Buchanan. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, in that regard. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and 2003, of course, was the time when Warney had his his little. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, that no, unfortunate look, diuretic was... episode in his life that led to a suspension. Yeah, uh, that, that no, must have been an interesting time to be, you know, on well, the up and coming list. Yeah, well, when he when he announced it, he uh, he had all the boys in the uh, in the change rooms, yeah. uh, not the change rooms in the um, we're in the hotel, and he had to come in and tell us we're well, playing Pakistan the next day. Uh, next day, and Warney yeah. and I were in the same team, so I was already playing. Yeah. So I was already prepared to play. So everyone thinks that, um, you know, oh, you've just filled in that day. It must have been, you know, pretty easy, uh, pretty hard just to prepare overnight. When mm. you, no, we we're playing together in that uh, that game, and I was looking forward to it. But when he came in and said it, Jimmy Moore was sitting over the other corner of the room. And he said, everyone's head dropped except for yours. You had the biggest smile on your face. And I said, what do you mean I had the smile? I was distraught. He said, no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, I don't know. It was, it was, I felt sorry for him at that stage, but it was just, God, yeah. this is an opportunity that's, it's, it's my space now. It's, mm. it's, I've, got, I've got a World Cup here mm. to sink or swim. Mm. Uh, and I'm going on the weak link in this Australian team in their bowling lineup. I'm going to have to lift. Mm. I, I'm going to have to stand up to be the front line spinner. And I, it, seriously, it was it was just a fantastic mm. moment and occasion of, mm. to see uh, to see what my yeah. makeup was like. Yeah, not so much my skill, but my, yeah. uh, just uh, the mental aspect of the game. And uh, yeah. Look, I, I felt sorry for Warney. He's the best spinner going around that the world's ever seen, and you know he's he's really changed the game in what he did. But to, to have that opportunity yeah. at his expense, you know, yeah, uh, huge. Yeah, you've got to take the opportunity yeah. when it comes. And of course, that was the first of uh, of two uh, victorious World Cup teams that you were in. We'll reflect on that yeah, right after right. we take a break. Brad Hogg is our special guest. This is Inspiring Stories. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. My special guest is Brad Hogg. Brad, we've not got much time left, so let's just quickly... I told uh, you I'd ramble on. (laughs) You weren't wrong. You weren't wrong. 2007 World Cup, was that every bit as special for you as the 03? Oh, no. The the first one's always special. Uh, Yeah, but look... It was special because basically two World Cups, we never mm. lost a game. And uh, when Incredible. You, you win two in a row. Yep. You, you can't really beat that. Well, you can. Uh, Gilly, Ponning and a couple of others have got three. So three World Cups. But, um, you know, just to, just to be part of that, not losing a World Cup game and yep. in two years is, uh, you know, something special. And the, and the people that you came around were uh, unbelievable. It was just yep. There were so many fun moments, and we'll leave those for sporties. <laughs> <laughs> um, you retired in 2008. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Retired. Uh, Did, what, what were the 
things. I mean, this again, probably. Oh, it's all personal. This probably issues. a long answer, but yeah. give us the short one. What 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 brought about that decision? Uh, just family issues. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to keep the family together and uh, didn't work. And I remember being in Melbourne uh, trying to announce a retirement, and uh, the media guy was there. He was in there for an hour. I was in. I was in tears. He had other things that he had to go to, but he just couldn't leave me there. I, mm. I was absolutely distraught. Uh, and he goes, you don't want to retire, do you? I said, I don't want to retire. And uh, it was the last test match I played in Adelaide. There's a photo of me where I've dived to uh, stop the ball. Uh, this is on the final day. And uh, it, it's going for four anyway, but I couldn't get up off off the ground. I, was, yeah. I had my sunnies on, but no one could t- see how... I was Devastated just in tears. You were. And mm-hmm. uh, that was just before tea. I came off a of tea and I sat in a toilet, uh, in a toilet cubicle for the 20 minutes. And uh, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I could be going to the ashes. But yeah. I, I'm thinking about the family issues. And th- these are the things that um, you don't really see off field. And yeah. it, it, look, it was killing me, absolutely mm. killing me. And uh, I, I, I couldn't get it out. I just, yeah. I, I couldn't get it out. But um, mm. You've just got to move on. You can't think about it. And that was, mm. you know, uh, I'm, gl- I'm gl- glad that, uh, you know, I, d- I did it for the family reasons. I, uh, but um, at the end, it's I, I still regret it as well. So, yeah. um, but hindsight's a good thing. you just got to move in with yeah. life. As, as comebacks go, though, you came back and you stayed <laughs> for, for a long time and found a home with the Perth Scorchers. And we'll, we'll yeah. go down as, as one of the Scorchers' uh, absolute legends. Uh, and you just defied, I suppose, all expectations when people, you know, generally start to wrap things up as they get uh, into their 30s. And you went, you saw 40 come and go and you said, I'm just going to yeah. keep going. Yeah, well, it was funny. I didn't, I didn't pick up a ball for three and a half years. Uh, Literally that, didn't pick yeah. up a ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to, after six months, I tried to. I had a bit of a shoulder problem at that stage too. So yeah. I was probably going to go and have surgery, but the surgeon said, don't bother. Yeah. So I went down and tried to have a bowl out uh club land just to muck around and yeah. um, I was just walking past and I couldn't do it mm-hmm. uh, and then I di- didn't pick up a ball for uh, that long I played a, a bit of backyard over Christmas with my brother but uh, met Cheryl my wife now and she said what about go back and play um, grade cricket and uh, I went back and actually played for Williams before that mm-hmm. and uh, yeah went back and just found my st- steps again I went through a, a real tough period at that mm-hmm. time uh, that's that's probably it's in the book as well. You know, I'd, I thought about um, I'd be down at Fremantle thinking about swimming out or boy if I made it back I made it back if I didn't I didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, l- luckily I got through that period. Uh, met Cheryl, she got me to go back and play cricket. Did well, got rang up by the Perth Scorchers. Do I want to play? Mm. Uh, yes, and uh, you know for me, the Perth Scorchers. Uh, is probably the best thing that I've ever been involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can go to the 2003 World Cup, but what uh, the Scorchers did for cricket in WA was unbelievable. It rejuvenated again. The numbers of uh, kids getting inspired to play the game uh, just rose drastically. Yeah, And uh, I, I think that's uh, the biggest achievement out of mm. it. Yeah. And again, there's there's too much to, um, mm. to get into into any detail here but you know you've you've had great success with the scorchers you've yeah. you're playing IPL as well you're then in the T20 World Cup representing your country <laughs> again uh, so much um has happened in that kind of latter phase of your 
yeah. career. But I mean, you, you, you're obviously you know talking a little bit about your some of your mental health struggles over the yeah. years. And one of the things you have done post cricket is to become uh, an ambassador of sorts for Lifeline WA. Why were you gravitating towards that as a they organisation? Rang, I mean, they, they do incredible work. Yeah, no, they they, they rang me up. I, I never knew about Lifeline uh, before that, uh, and. Basically, it goes back to the book. Uh, when I wrote the book, I was worried about uh, two things in there um, where I really dived into the negatives of, of me. Mm. Uh, it even got to the stage where the book, a couple of the people from the bowling club uh, went up to the old man, gee, he was a prick of a kid, wasn't he? And, uh, you know, it, and I was worried about uh, the stuff, the chapter where uh, Moody was involved in it. Yep. Where it was my own fault, and uh, something with Hados uh, in it as well. I had no idea about this other chapter down the end, yep. what, what it was going to bring. And uh, Lifeline um, sort of found out about that chapter, and yeah, uh, we we got involved. And this first speech I actually did where I I spoke about it, I, I really couldn't get it out. And uh, but after after that particular speech, everyone just came out mm. and shared their stories with me and I thought actually you know you, you, you can make a difference here so mm. yeah go ahead and share it mm. look it's uh, but at the end of the day it's your, it's your life you've got to find ways to try and cope with those yep. uh, those feelings Lifeline's a great uh, great yep. space to be able to help you because you can ring up and uh, they'll they'll give you the tools to make tomorrow a better day yep. and um, yeah to look it was sensational and um I'd, look, yeah, I, I don't know. I've had a I've had a very very lucky life, and the Perth Scorchers, uh, yeah, no, that mm. was something sensational. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, just lastly, what does the future hold for you? What are the things that are going to bring you joy to your life going forward? From lawn here? bowls. I'm, <laughs> I'm loving lawn bowls. I'm uh, getting very competitive, and uh, as we're doing this, uh, we've got lawn bowls this afternoon. And, yeah. Uh, no, but it, it's it's really I need something that's competitive. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the lifeline stuff, you know, for me, I wrote down things that were important to my life and where I wanted to go. Yeah. And it, 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 I was drunk this night. And yeah. uh, like I'd had a bad night, and uh, I was I was lucky my brother was there. Uh, I'd had an argument with my parents at that stage. Walked home, wrote things on this whiteboard that I got in my office. Woke up the next morning, my whole life changed like that. Mm. Just changed like that. All of a sudden, uh, Adrian Barrett rang me up, um, said, "Oh, do you mind coming on and helping us out with uh, our show yep. on ninety four point five Dead Set Legends?" And uh, then I met Cheryl and. Uh, a couple of days later and bang, Amazing. bang, bang, just all that positive attitude, it just turned around. And sometimes it takes a little longer for people and sometimes it just uh, yeah. just clicks. But just just find something that um, uh, gives you a little bit of ambition, gives you some yep. drive that, that shows that, that you can have a goal. So bowls for me, it's it's competitive. Uh, and I want to go A little gentler up. on the body. Yeah, well... <laughs> It's it's not really, but it, it's it's competitive, and I tell you what, it's it's a real challenging game, and I, I want to go up the ranks, so I've given myself a challenge yeah, right. of where I want to go, and I'm not okay. going to share that. It's um, yeah. just between me, Cheryl, and a couple of others, and uh, yeah, I've got big dreams with my bowls, and I'm doing a bit of commentary work, a little bit of yeah. coaching, and uh, starting to get into the podcast and mm. uh, vlog world, yep, and uh, just starting up something that. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we might get into some controversial issues that players. I'm sure you and, will. Uh, 
uh, players and uh, administrators don't really want to talk about because, yeah. you know, the, the media just uh, doesn't give everything that needs to be no. said. Yeah. No. But anyway, Tim, let's not Let's not get started on that. Anyway, you've got but to go and read the news as well, don't you? Congratulations on a, <laughs> on a colourful and, and incredible career. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, seeing you rise up the bowls ranks and uh, and taking Croatian cricket by storm as well. Yeah, can I, I just say something to everyone out there that, um, yeah, follow my career. Uh, yeah, thanks for the support and mm. thanks for the joy you gave me. Yeah. Mate, I think Sorry, you, gave it, yeah. you gave it back in spades as well. So yeah. uh, thank you. Thanks for being part of Inspiring Stories. No drama, mate. Thanks. This is 882 6PR. This program brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA Inspiring Story. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.